Mr. Joyce. Uh, Wednesday, hey, hey, hey. Wednesday. And uh, we're, we're, we're almost at the end of season 10. This is episode nine of season 10. So we got one more after this. And then it's a decade of episodes. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> La vita e bella. You're in uh, beautiful Italy. Uh, yes, we were, uh, we're helping uh, my older one move from one apartment to another, which is 30 second walk, but we just handed the keys this morning to the first one. And the second one, the internet connection is just horrendous. So I'm in a coffee place across the street. Um, hopefully this holds up and actually I think it closes in about half an hour. So it's going to be, I think the first time that I'm going to take the laptop outside or something. I don't know. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. We'll run so, with it. We'll run with it. This is all we'll run with it. This, meticulously unproduced this is why we we've this is why we got 100 episodes behind us we don't <laughs> nothing stops us <laughs> rain Good shine stuff. internet is or not but uh in, in yourself yep. oh. Good, good. Yeah, lots going on in Health Beacon. There's some news today. You know, we're 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 kind of fit and flying and trying to contend with a busy world. <laughs> I won't go into too many details, but um, all good. Yeah, all, all good. There's this Google, so people can look it up, I guess, and uh, go from there. Um, uh, so yeah, I listen. Uh, let's let's let our our next guest into the room here. Um, awesome. So the way uh, the way I met Guy uh, Friedman, uh, I think I actually got introduced to Guy by Pavan from Architect Ventures, if I'm not uh, mistaken. And there's Guy, um, and the reason he's on the show is you you made it into our slide deck, Guy, because we say we are the study of MD of health coaching, right? So we'll we'll get like great for my. my- which was great for my ego. It's the most important thing. <laughs> it, it, guy, you, you look exactly like your, um, you know, your avatar photo that came on beforehand. You oh, look, like, you, you, did you take the photo recently? I, or you I just haven't don't aged, age? yeah. Six months since I took it, so. <laughs> Good stuff. So, uh, Jim, nice guy, guy, back on. guy, Jim. There's a little yeah, delay here, gonna... but... Um, I'm in, I'm in, no I was just telling Jim, I'm in Florence in, uh, in a coffee place because this connection is actually better than the one in the, in the house right now, uh, my daughter's place. Yep. So we'll struggle through it, but wel- welcome to the shot, man. I know I just kind of, we're, we're meticulously unproduced and, uh, and got you on. So fantastic to have you. And for the millions of our listeners and viewers, Tell us a little bit about yourself. You can start from birth all the way. From birth? (laughs) From birth, sure. Um, So, yeah, I was born in Los Angeles, uh, the suburbs. So I grew up there um, in a pretty typical L.A. suburb upbringing. Uh, Moved out to Boston for college. So I went to Tufts University in uh, in the Boston area. Then after, um, after undergrad, I worked in Manhattan, a series of jobs like consulting, banking, you know, the, the typical track. Right. And, and then um, in 2006, right, 2006, I went to Wharton uh, in, in, uh, in Philadelphia. And so that's kind of where like the entrepreneurship stuff started. I started to get really interested in starting my own business and uh, do, doing my own thing. So after I graduated Wharton, I started this company called Higher Next. Um, okay. And the... Uh, 
product there was something called, it was a platform for online proctoring for higher ed and certification exams. Okay. Um, was kind of a very, very niche industry at the dawn of the education era. Now I'm a pretty large, large piece of the online ed market. Um, but basically the product was when you took a exam for a college or university remotely, like you're in Florence and you're taking the UCLA math course, uh, you could take your final or midterm exam uh, over the computer and we'd observe you over the webcam while you took okay. the test didn't cheat. So now with COVID and online education exploding, it's actually one of the other businesses that, that really took off during, uh, during COVID. So um, I did the full kind of like entrepreneurial round trip with that, started it, sort of bootstrapped it to start, raised some VC, sold it, worked for the acquirer for a few years. And then um, after that, I found myself, I, I did the little earn out. How long really was fun. How long was that? How long was that whole? The whole thing was five years. So um, wow, wow. The startup was three years, and then I sold it, and then worked for the acquirer for two years. So it's kind of five with, year, and then the usual the most two fun. year. <laughs> yeah, two year, yeah. Which was it's the most more stressful? stressful. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's a different type of stress, right? There's the I'm not, not making, running out of money. I'm not getting a ton of traction. What am I going to do? That that sort of stress at the startup. Right. Yeah. And then there's you someone someone buys you right. and you join like a rocket ship. Like we're right. talking massive growth in a very upper complex business. Right. But that was actually really stressful to join join them. And um suddenly like there's all these stakeholders, employees, what I had never had that. So it right. was really cool to get that experience. Um and, and what about people touching your baby, you know, like giving yeah. you how to run it? How'd you find that? Uh, that wasn't, it wasn't, that wasn't too, I'm not one of those, um, control freaks. No, not control. Like there's a statement a lot of people make, I could never work for anyone. I thought it was pretty fun to work with with that company. Like they were great group and really smart, you know, um, earth too. not like crazy startup people. Like they're just grinding away at this business. I learned a lot and it was fun. Um, Uh, and so it's a very different experience, right? Like different scale, different tools in the belt that you learn, you know? Right. Absolutely. Scaling is, is a different level of stress because um, it's one thing to fail. It's another thing to have the opportunity to succeed and not do it. And I'm going, we're going through it now too, which is um, right. It's, there's a real opportunity to create a generational business right now where right. different than like, we don't have any traction. How are we going to, how are we going to do right. that? Um, so yeah, you, you almost can't imagine it. Like, inside your brain. Yeah. Yeah. You almost can't imagine it when you actually get the traction. You'd be like, I can't believe we got this and we're going to, you know, we're going to do whatever in some moments in your darker yeah. moments, we're going to screw this up and we've got everyone, we've got the money, we've got the resources. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, call, I call it preparing for success. Like what, what happens if we're, if we're, if we're successful, it's, it's unimaginable. <laughs> what if we actually sign this deal? Like, are we like, <laughs> right, 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 like, you know, right. um, yes, you know, so I, I try and I try and like get the framework of the team, like prepare for success. Like, think about what you're doing now manually, right? A hundred exit. Is it going to work? No, obviously, because, you know, so we have to get, we have to scale ourselves as yeah. well as, uh, execute. You have to think yeah. about what, what if this 10 X is, what if it a hundred X is we have to, 
Yeah, and it's this really interesting skill set of like when everything's within touching distance, you can manipulate it, you can do stuff, and you can do so much on a small scale where, you know, with some developers, you smart people that you just can't do as soon as that, you know, scales any degree. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's a a different different type of stress, but it's fun. You know, it's always fun. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think, um, you know, to have fun every day. Um, So where was I? Okay. So yeah, we, I, I so left that bad. company, you know, and um, I took about six months off in between gigs. Um, me and my, my family, we moved to St. Louis, Missouri, where my, my wife is from. Okay. So kind of just like got in the bunker and, and really thought, okay, so I've, I've worked in this industry where we're connecting up people via video, the proctor, which was, you know, a younger like college student in my case, but was doing something in a complex system. Yeah, process different entities. I was like, oh, this is really a telehealth platform. Right. Um, so I started to study telemedicine and digital health and didn't like any of the business models I saw. I just thought <laughs> I didn't want to do, I definitely didn't want to do urgent care, teledoc type uh, consult. You know, this was 2016, 2015, 2016. So there wasn't yep. all innovation that was happening now. Um, but one thing I got really obsessed with was this idea that everyone was kind of like, no one was really optimizing for, for trust between the patient and the clinician. Okay. And that was kind of getting lost in all the innovation and all the ideas out there. So when we launched SteadyMD, we actually were a um, direct-to-consumer virtual primary care business. Okay. But uh, we really tried to, to, to emulate the brick-and-mortar concierge primary care industry. Not like some people say concierge and it's really you know, pretty, pretty like primary care plus or whatever you want to call it. We were 10 X the price of our closest competitor per month. Okay. So you paid a lot of money relative to online, but not relative to the in-person, but it was $99 right. a month just, just for reference. Um, but you got like a very bespoke, like aligned clinician with your life and lifestyle and health habits. Right. Or we matched you to the perfect clinician. And then it was a subscription business. And so you yep. paid patients paid a monthly fee. The doctors saw those patients and built built everything around that. Um, so that was our core business for about four plus years. Um, did the whole direct to consumer playbook, you know, yep. uh, marketed on social media. Patients signed up. We took care of them, retained them, and it was a great product. Always we grew every single month. Had really good numbers. It was growing like pretty rapidly. Right. Wow, but but during, like during those, I was gonna say there's a butt coming, right? Because the steady MD I know today is not the steady MD that you described for oh, four years. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah, fast forward, yeah, so fast forward to early 2020, we kind of looked up and um, realized we built all this infrastructure to run our own business. Right, the ability to recruit, manage, and train clinicians across all 50 states, geographies, like that whole operational effectiveness. Train them on like all these different clinical protocols, prescriptions, labs, referrals, and back yeah. office staff doing the support for that in all 50 states at wow. scale. Um, a really robust product and technology that connected the patient experience to the clinician experience. So intake form scheduling systems, a really, really good chat app, which is still the best out there. Um, and translating that to a clinician experience that could scale 
And then underneath it all was this 50 state regulatory infrastructure, which we muscled out. Um, you guys, probably every interview you have on this podcast is dealing with the state licensing, right. registration, all that. So we had done all that. At the same time, the whole industry was getting uh, massive amounts of funding and there were thousands of companies being launched from every, every attacking every single condition and point solution under the sun. So right. fertility, birth control, men's health, women's health, you name it, like there's 25 companies in each category. They all need the same thing. They all need yep. a clinician license where the patient lives, trained on their protocol. Yeah. Um, we realized in order for there they'd have to spend the two or three years we spent right like super expensive money wise and then operationally it's just a beast dozens of people a right. huge amount of your attention so we developed you know this infrastructure platform that allowed other companies to plug into our clinician network using our product and tech and then um mid to late 2020 we kind of did the full pivot and now we're we're powering a lot of the other that's fully our business now, powering a lot of the industry where um, you sign up for a really innovative digital health company. You might be seeing a steady D clinician on the back end uh, and you wouldn't, you know, you might not know, you might know, but um, yeah, we're really the infrastructure running and helping a lot of these companies scale and grow in a key way versus let's spend three years trying to figure out Nebraska and like how to see a pitch in Nebraska. (laughs) We, we take all that burden off of them. Um, That's amazing. Very complex. It's a very complex business. Um, Very. um, We take that complexity and try and aggregate supply and aggregate demand for the whole industry. So it's less complex, but uh, to see a patient in a state, you have to get, aligned with your clinicians by their state licensure and forecast, which is just the yeah. monster. Yeah. And guy, what was, what was the impetus for, yes, you realized you build the infrastructure, you build the USP around the licensure, um, but sounds like yeah. you guys were doing great direct to consumer. It takes a certain type of individual and team. I think we talked actually, I think with, with Paul uh, as well from 23andMe uh, just recently on this direct to consumer is a different game than enterprise and B2B. What was the pivot? What yeah. was the, like the big idea? And, and actually how do you even manage you know, four years of revenues, you know, standing up the team right. and then doing the pivot, powering up, you know, other companies. So curious on that part of the journey. Yeah. So it's, it's funny. I, I actually say this a lot. I don't know if I should be revealing this, but like <laughs> I, I did, I didn't do this crazy strate- strategic review and call the board <laughs> meeting and said, I'm pivoting guys. I see this opportunity. One of our friends in digital health called me and said, Hey, do you have any clinicians you could lend me for a few hours a day? Right. So I said to my clinician, as a way to augment your, I love my consumer business. You guys, I will allow you to work like under our infrastructure on this platform. This is a way for you guys to make some extra money if you're not busy. Right. That was, it was like, that was it. And um, it was as close to a viral product as you could get in this, corner of enterprise infrastructure wow. uh, after we did that one project i got dozens and dozens of calls from everyone based yeah. on i didn't change my website didn't hire anyone didn't like go try and sell it but just like <laughs> so I'm, oh, I'm not, i love this the brilliant part i guess was aggressively listening to that and pivoting and not you know but, ignoring uh, it yeah, but yeah. the uh the signals were like 
hit you over the head with the two by four. You know, it was, it was <laughs> so obvious that this was going to be a monster. Like, and I knew it, I knew it. Um, you know, I've been starved 10 years. I'm not like, a, you know, I, I knew it. I was like, this is my chance, get my chance, like once in a career, you know, yeah, to, yeah. To, to, to get this amount of inbound. Right. Uh, without trying is like, Oh my gosh. So um, yeah, we pivoted the whole business to that. Um, it was so fast. You asked who we hired. I didn't hire anyone. The, like, the amount of business we got, we, we didn't have time to hire, train and stand something up. Right. The consumer team, like, Hey, remember how we recruited like two clinicians for our consumer business last month? I need 100 by the end of the month. And we did it. You know, wow. it was just kind of one of those cool moments in your career where, um, talk about 100x, like, right? 100x. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, <laughs> it was like, um, it was pretty cool though, because, you know, limited resources and there was no backup, there was no like magic. We, we weren't going to solve the problem, you know, with money or, or, or uh, new team members in the time that the business was coming in. Yeah. So we, we had to do it quickly and we did. And then, um, and then we spent aggressively spent the last year, year and a half hiring the, the right infrastructure to keep scaling and growing with right. you know, four or five. Who do, who do you, I mean, like, so, so I imagine that the demand, like, is it, you know, now are you at the point where you're looking for certain types of like, you know, is it, are, are you starting to segment that or are you still kind of like, Hey, we're going to be the infrastructure for all these fascinating digital health, you know, opportunities. Um, yeah, and properties? It, it, it's not always like crazy creative stuff. Sometimes it's just like you're, you're running yeah. urgent care or um, virtual yep. primary care, which is really great too. I mean, that's a great product. Um, yep. Yeah, no, we're seeing we're, like kind of like AWS, wherever the volume is, we will be. So, <laughs> okay. you know, I think it's like, if you, if you're scaling, right. Tr try, try doing what we do internally. That's when you call us. Um, right. So where in the early part of maybe like late 2020, early 2020, it was like the direct to consumer people getting massive amounts of funding and needed help scaling. Uh, now right. it's more of these enterprise folks who are starting to join digital health and right. the bigger, more established companies are coming in and saying, Oh, we want this platform this thing we want to aggressively pursue digital health as well so um yeah. i'm kind of um we the market gives us signals and then we you know wherever there's volume they're going to need us yeah and it's, and imagine it's, it's not competitive it's not really competitors is it it's not there's competitor okay got it <laughs> don't say their name out loud no, i guess there's, there's a few but <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> There's always a few, and it actually it, it's a good thing, right? Because um, you know I think that validates the market. Um, and you know, speaking, and I you would love to dive back in a little bit into SteadyMD, but given the fact that you are servicing lots of the digital health companies, you know, given the yes, the crazy funding round, but at the same time we're seeing you know cuts left and right, and you know instead of carrying the SGNA, uh, you know I think that's the beautiful model of what you guys do for docs and what we do for health coaching, right? We've seen lots of these companies moving to flex work, right, just to kind of minimize their burn based on their demand because that demand is yeah. unpredictable upstream. So maybe just curious yep. on your thoughts on where you we see yeah. the digital health and and that. I don't want to say a, a full correction, but I think we're seeing correction valuations and expectations. Hopefully you guys can Absolutely, hear me. Absolutely, okay. yeah. <laughs> if you need to cut burn, you know, it's a, it's, you're almost for sure spending more than you need to on your, yeah. 
clinician network infrastructure, which is your recruiting team, your training team, management, oversight, scheduling. Yep. That's a very operational. And so uh, you can just like take, you know, use SteadyMD instead. And that saves you a lot. Um, operational costs. And then of course, if you have like a ton of full-time clinicians, it's a, that, that's like a no-brainer math problem. Uh, right. to, to use us. Um, but I'd say even more on the operational side, like if you, if you need to just, you want to be your, your product, you want to be like a great patient experience, the ability to acquire patients and like clinical protocol development and building out the product that way, but you don't want to own the, is there a nurse available in uh, Idaho this week? Right. Uh, which that's the expensive part of running the business. Then you can just outsource it to us. So we're seeing more and more of these companies come to us can you take over the whole thing right. where there was more resistance, you know, a year or two ago when people were building out. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm delighted. I'm excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and guy, maybe, um, you know, curious, uh, I see you pretty active on the health tech nerds, uh, Slack channel and other things. I mean, just, you know, always, always curious another entrepreneur's view of, what we've seen in the past on the funding round, where do you see digital health, you know, kind of today and, and, and moving right towards, because you, yeah. you sort of no, I think, come, um, out, come out of non, non-health, right? Entered health, pivoted across from DTC to, you know, to B2B. And we're seeing some of the DTC brands are now shifting towards B2B, towards employers and other things, but curious on your thoughts, man. Yeah. Well, I- I mean, obviously there was a um, kind of like the simultaneous, in the last year, there was the simultaneous funding of similar companies in the same category. Okay. So I, I have kind of like a, um, a front row seat because I get the calls from them. <laughs> you know, so when like five startups in the same category call me in the same week and they're all funded, we're kind of like, well, I, there's not enough market size. You're all just going to knife each other for patients. <laughs> online right so um so i think you're you're seeing like a bit of overfunding within the same categories and then there's going to be consolidation um you know the the, you know they'll be picked up by the bigger companies or they'll merge or they'll pivot to a different customer acquisition strategy like you said Um, obviously the cost of acquisition can't sustain if there's like billions of dollars in the same category but i believe there's still is a high willingness to pay for that product it's just there's too many players so i think we're going to see a correction back um to consumer you know once it kind of shakes out i don't know if i mentioned your question but this is kind of like my industry view and then um and then yeah some are going to pivot to enterprise and try and get the payer deals and stuff like that um that's kind of the route routes are going to take but one thing one thing like there's a lot of good products out there they're good they're they're um Solid, and a lot of them are growing. Just multiples are compressed, but their revenue is growing, or yep. their users are growing. So in that in that environment, I don't think I think a lot of them are going to survive. <laughs> um, right. It's just the the crazy valuation that's probably gone for the next few years, at least. Okay. It was actually and, interesting. When you think re- about... Go ahead, Jim. You were you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was probably going to, I was going to, I was going to ask your, your thoughts on consumer. Um, just, you know, it's the same, you made it seem really easy. Like you're just, um, you know, with that, con- that initial consumer business where, 
you know, like, so what, you know, if it was fantastic, you know, like, like we're like, for example, my company, we're trying to bring into the consumer market and we find it very quite challenging. Um, You know, uh, you know, we have a device that works for kind of a a segment of the care population. Right. Um, So how did, you know, what was your thoughts or you said you, you know, you ran the playbook, just maybe get some some quick words of wisdom. So when I, when I, we, I, when I started the, the bit, I was always like, I don't know if I, I don't know much about your business, but, but I always said, it's hard to get people perfect to pay for something they've never paid for. So you right. see like whatever, like I'm, I'm, I'm the best Lyme disease app care thing <laughs> in the world, but right. no one's ever paid for that. <laughs> There's no right. consumer freaking, uh, when we launched Reference. our business, there was a viable consumer market for concierge primary care. Like right. this was a multi-billion dollar industry within right. primary care that people paid cash for. So right. I said, okay, there's a signal that people will pay for extra time and attention from a clinician. And that right. was like off the bat, um, my first proof point versus trying to create a category. Like, yeah. A great product, but no one's ever paid for it. I think I'm not, I don't think I'm that, uh, that smart <laughs> to do that. So um, <laughs> you basically said no one, no one still to this day has, copied that model that the state, the original state virtual primary care business, um, now lemonade yeah. primary care from Paul. Um, yep. but, yep. but so that, so, so we, we, and then we're just like very disciplined about cost of acquisition and experiment, the million marketing experiments. Um, one thing we discovered, so of the 10,000 experiments we did, uh, one, one of the more, it, I don't know how it is now. I don't know if it's become efficient, in 2017, influencer was actually, you could find really good deals with influencer marketing on like Instagram and Facebook. Right. From people who had, you know, 50 to 200,000 followers. Right. Uh, the cost of acquisition, it, it wasn't as scalable as Google or Facebook, but like, yeah, you get cost access of acquisition to that. was very low. Yeah. So um, yeah. that was something we, we kind of cracked there in the early years. And then it transitioned to Facebook and Google okay. once we started scaling. But um, we did like, you know, the, 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 when I say the playbook, we did the 10,000 experiments with marketing. Right. Things and, and, and lo and behold, one of them worked, right, right. <laughs> you know, uh, athletic influencers on Facebook and Instagram, CrossFit right. runners, whoever, that was like a great channel for us. So we just leaned into that. Um, at right. one point I had the top 10, crossfitters and men and women in the world like promoting us on instagram so if you do crossfit or any of your listeners do crossfit i'm kind of a celebrity in the crossfit world i've never done crossfit <laughs> but um if you say do you know what steady md is guarantee they know what it is and right and which so things like that, <laughs> that right. that's how we did that so we did that for years just one thing uh for sure nothing ever worked for long eventually okay. you had to the experimentation was like part of the business. You're just like, okay, this is broken. Channel, do this. this out. Yeah. Let's email Mark. Oh, we did yeah. a partnership with um, like the mommy bloggers. Okay. I don't know if that's the right term, but you know, the, there's, there's a category <laughs> sure. there. Uh, crazy good. It's like, right. They're like, and, and they, they, they have a whole business promoting products. And um, we were, you know, it's just one of those sponsors of it those, yeah uh, yeah yeah but it, it was just one experiment of 100 and we're like okay let's get all the yeah all and the- what is it and when you look at that with experimentation like is it 
you know, does it, is it just similar to consumer? Like it's just, it's just getting health tech people to think like a, like a consumer oh, no. acquisition. Oh, no. I was talking about my old business for that. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The new, the new, um, like, like you said, we have not that much competition. So fortunately, you know, we do, we, we market on like LinkedIn, Facebook and, you know, it, but, um, it's a lot of inbound, like our right. biggest deals, they just call us, you know? So right. <laughs> luckily, um, we we're sort of in a, you know, two or three players are in this market, really. Right. Um, right. So you're calling all those players if you want to do something. And, and so, um, right. But obviously that's going to change. More competition will come in and uh, it'll get more competitive. And we're going to have to be aggressive at our marketing and branding strategy for now. And retention, uh, right? And retention, right? More there's, there's not enough docs out there uh, in U.S., right? And so, you know, is, is, is what potentially could happen. And, you know, we're looking at this even from a health coach perspective, right? Don't want to talk about Uber and Lyft, but, you know, many drivers have Uber and Lyft, right? So does that mean, you know, some of these docs will be on, you know, SteadyMD and, you know, unmentioned competitors at the same time, right? Um, um not really for clinicians because okay. of the complexity of the onboarding. It's too okay. annoying to be on two platforms, you know, but <laughs> it's a credential background check contract. It's not, it's not like the come to this conference room will train you to be a Uber, like a delivery driver or whatever. Uh, right. uh, that, that part. And then in the platform, you're available for like different partners and the training. Like it's not yeah. as slick as a, a single ride. So I think, um, I think you, it's, you, you might really love one company and work for them. Like, I love this digital health company. I'm going to work for them. And then you said be on the side. doesn't really make sense to do that though. Just work for steady and me and we'll get you access to all these cool digital health opportunities. Let us be your agent to the industry. Right. It, you don't need to do it with two companies. Like it doesn't make sense. Right. It's, it's sort of a similar, um, offering. And you saying so you know so how do you deal with all this inbound you know are you able to manage it like, yeah, yeah we have exactly. a, we, we, uh, we have one um yeah tell them what we do um we have like there's a lot of work that goes out and <laughs> right, right. what we do um so it's kind of like explaining to that almost educating them on like here's what you're looking at if you don't go with study md right and then here's what we can offer and um 90 if you talk if you're talking to someone that understands that you can it's almost physical you can see their shoulders relax <laughs> what study md is because yeah uh, I, I got stressed when you ta started talking about state to state regulation. So if you're in the industry, you're like, what? <laughs> I, 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 there's always a moment. I think when people do digital health starts where someone's about all that stuff, <laughs> like really. And then, yeah. and then they call us and we said, basically we can solve this problem for you turnkey. And then right. it's very, it's not an easy sale because of pricing, yeah. but the, the, uh, the value prop is unassailable. It's just, it's right. like, of course, yeah. Cool.
Sorry, sorry, gents. I'm getting kicked out because the coffee place is, you know. So I'm, I keep moving more and more away from the Wi-Fi. Uh, but this is our guy. This is fiesta time. <laughs> meticulously unproduced. Um, and and with that, uh, Jim, do you want to just then go to the to your famous question or or? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so yeah, so for yourself, a obviously a an East Coast to West Coast transplant, ending up in the you know, in the, in the beautiful state of Missouri and you're, you're running at, you're walking into a, a coffee shop at an event and you're, you overhear um, this entrepreneur that had already launched and sold other companies is moving into healthcare for the first time. And he's completely stressed out thinking about the challenge. And you look at that, that much younger person after you sold or after you built steady MD into the billion dollar, multi-billion dollar iconic healthcare company and what piece of advice would you get to give to that young guy? No pun intended. Yeah, no, good question. I mean, there's like, there's like a laundry list of tactical <laughs> advice, I would say, you know, just like, like little things, but um, like the big overall, I think it's honestly like find like-minded people who are as ambitious as you, because I think healthcare is one of those industries where it's so easy to be skeptical. And any, if you pitch your business to, anyone it's like it, you're either gonna get the blank stare because they don't or <laughs> um or they'll tell you how it's currently done right and it's kind of like um you need the people who who you need those your, your network of uh folks that aren't skeptical and will chop it up with you about any crazy idea you have like i have crazy ideas you know? um <laughs> but i always use the example like if I went to one of my friends and said, Hey, I, I want to compete with SpaceX. Right. <laughs> I mean, they, they're dominant. I want to fly to Mars too. <laughs> a lot of friends would be like, all right, let's think how we do this. Like, <laughs> like you have to, you have to like buy rocket fuel and like buy a rocket. For, like we actually ch- talk about it where 95% of my, you know, my friends were good friends with right. like, it's just, it's not. So find those people. Um, yeah. That, that's my like high level, but obviously tactical, I'll, I'll give you the, the play by play, <laughs> you know, use Trello, Slack, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, but um, you know, I think it's fi- find people that it's lonely if otherwise, if you, if you, if you have crazy ideas and you're an entrepreneur and yeah. no one really knows what you're doing, yeah. uh, to not have people to talk to about it. So, and I, I definitely didn't early in the early years, like I didn't care about that. Right. Um, and so it was lonely. It was like I was a solo founder, and and now uh, I think that, that that's something you really have to cultivate too. And I'm shy, <laughs> so okay. um, so uh, it's not easy. But that, that's probably my biggest piece of advice. That's awesome. Yeah, that's why that's why I hang out with uh, you, Jay. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say that's why we do this Wednesdays. It's a crazy idea that was born and, and stuck yeah, with crazy it. Idea that. <laughs> If you guys want to start the crazy idea podcast, uh, I'll, I'll keep you yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. our next career. I have too many podcasts going on already. But, uh, but, 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 but yeah, no, I, I admire it. I think I'm, I'm jealous of these podcasts because you talk to cool people all day. So that's great. No, amazing. That's awesome. Awesome. Guy, thanks for joining and for fun. Many, many listeners, you know, share, subscribe, and pass it on. Cheers. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me.